What's up, guys? This is Trey. And this is Spencer. And you are listening to the I Am Unqualified podcast. Trey and I are just two construction workers in our early 20s, and we believe that God has put a calling on our life to use this platform for His glory. We believe God often uses unqualified people in Scripture to do great things, and we want to dive more into examples with that with this podcast. Yeah, I mean, just even look at at Peter. He denied Jesus three times. David was an adulterer. Paul was a murderer. And yet, God still used these guys for so much. And that that's kind of us uh, we're unqualified guys we're sinners we're broken uh, but we're being obedient to the lord and we're using this platform for his kingdom and with that being said man we've got so much coming up with this podcast we're going to dive into some of those scary churchy words that we've talked about like sin salvation idols worship and we're going to dive into scripture we're going to talk some theology guys we want you to be involved with this so email us at info at IamUnqualifiedPodcast.com. Hit us up on our socials, our social media handles at IamUnqualifiedPodcast. We're going to have some guests on and we're going to get to know some really cool guys in our communities and the communities out all over the place, really, and some really, really interesting guys that live out their faith in their daily lives. All right, Spence, let's butter these biscuits. Let's butter them. in with you guys today and tell you a little bit more about Trey and myself. Uh, We're going to run through our stories from growing up to when we surrendered our lives to Christ and kind of the walk after that. And we're going to talk about how me and Trey met, uh, what that kind of looked like and how it's really affected our lives now. And we also want to kind of give you guys a vision for this uh, podcast and a vision for the future of what, what we'd like to see this thing turn into. And our our mission for this podcast. All right, Spence, you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yes. I grew up in a very broken family. My parents were divorced at a very young age for me. At a young age, all I kind of knew is that brokenness. Kind of saw it through my parents. Both my parents also remarried at a very young age. My family you know, didn't have much money from a young age. Like I said, I kind of, I kind of had this brokenness about me, uh, living through my, my parents and, uh, my sibling. I just kind of, I kind of saw something that I, I wasn't really sure what it was. Uh, I never really had that, uh, fullness in my life as a young kid. I did have many religious people to look up to in my family. Two of the main ones would have been my grandmother. She was my mom's mother, and she was really that kind of reflection of Jesus in my family. Very religious woman. If you can imagine your old great-grandmother that that had the cross hanging above her bed, the rosary beads, that kind of thing. That was my mama. She lived in Scripture she loved like Jesus, so much mercy and grace she gave. Uh, she was a she was a great reflection of Jesus. And, you know, I never really realized as much as she was until I was older. But looking back as a kid, she was a reflection of Jesus. Everything she did was just a reflection of what Jesus wants us to be. She was a big one in my life. My cousin Jeffrey was another one. 
He was actually a youth pastor, the one who got me going into church as a young kid. He lived out his faith every day in school. He ran cross country, played in the band. Uh, everything he did was, he, he kind of had that one thing on his mind, and it was, how can I do this to glorify God? And that was a, growing up, that was kind of something you needed as a young kid that, that was in that kind of broken home, broken just had that brokenness about it. It was good to see the the light in those two. You could tell there was something different about him, huh? Very much so. And I, I think those two people are are the first that kind of gave me that feeling that a lot of people that haven't received Christ uh, that feeling of what am I missing? Yeah, I think those were those people for me. I kind of knew of Jesus, obviously, by having those two role models in my life. I, I knew who Jesus was, but I never actually comprehended like the depth of what he had done. I knew that that Jesus picture uh, that my grandmother had hanging on her wall, stud, long hair, you know, tan, uh, just looked like a stud, man. I, I knew who Jesus was, but I didn't know who Jesus was, you yeah. know? That was just something growing up really all, all my life until middle school, I just kind of had a, I didn't really have a grasp of what he had done. Um, I, I heard my grandmother talking about him and I went to church with my grandmother and we read scripture and, and she prayed for me. She prayed uh, behind the scenes. I mean, she, she was, like I said, she was that, that light in our family. So I, I, I grew up in that, but I didn't actually know really until about middle school. That's when my cousin Jeffrey got a job as a youth pastor at a little church in Citronelle. Uh, we lived there at the time. There was about, I'd say like six people in our like youth group, really kind of awkward. My cousin texted, uh, my mom one night and was like, Hey, uh, I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, it's like five minutes from your guys's house. I'd love if Cassidy uh, my sister and Spencer would come just to hang out. So kind of from, I believe it was my sixth and seventh grade year of middle school, I kind of got to, to build a, a, a even bigger relationship with my cousin. Pretty solid dude. He was young. I mean, he was, he's only a few years older than me. So seeing him in this role and seeing him strive to be what Jesus called us to be was it was just like an ongoing process of like, what am I missing? Like, what, why is he doing this? And what, what do I like? Where do I fall into that? So it was a very, it was really a tough few years in middle school, kind of being in that place where you kind of don't know where you're at. Like you're young and you're, you're not really quite into like crazy temptations. So that it's not like that was eating away at me, but it was kind of like, like, what's my purpose? That was a, a big place of where I was at. And then my eighth grade year, I believe, eighth grade summer, we went to a church camp with my cousin uh, in our tiny youth group, man. It's probably 12 of us that went. And for like the first, I'd say the first three nights of being in, I'd never been in a, like a body of believers of where there were hundreds of people worshiping God at the same time, hearing speakers preach, just preach the word, hearing the gospel shared in different ways each night. It is something I had never kind of experienced. So our first night, I just was overwhelmed feeling at the end of worship. I pulled Jeffrey to the side. I'm sure he remembers this. Uh, I pulled him to the side and I was like, dude, I don't, I don't really know. He was like, well, dude, tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're feeling. And I was like, I, dude, I, I don't know. I just have this feeling where I was supposed to get you. I was supposed to take you out here and you were supposed to tell me what to do. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know. I need you to tell me like what, what the feeling is. 
I was like, dude, I don't know. So, uh, you know, the first night he, he prayed for me and we went back in. And uh, then the second night after worship, man, after hearing the gospel, dude, it was the same thing. I was like, dude, there's something. Pulled Jeffrey to the side again. I was like, dude, I need you to tell me. Like, yeah. dude, I, I, I don't know what this is. And, you know, I mean, it's not something that you can tell somebody, like, get saved. Like, you're going to get saved. Like, he can't, like, put that on me. So he, he wasn't, like, trying to push that on me. He wanted me to, you know, make that decision for myself. So after the third night of same thing happened, I pulled my cousin out. I was like, dude, I finally got it. I know what I've been missing. I need to, I think I've made the decision where I need to pray to have, uh, you know, accept Jesus into my heart. Like, that That was, I finally understood, like, that that's the missing piece. Like that's what the past three nights, the past 13 years, uh, that, that was it. So it was a crazy emotional night. I got saved. My cousin actually prayed with me. The guy that I looked up to, it was definitely a moment. Always will remember it. I'm sure Jeffrey, same thing. He's probably going to be listening to this. What up? <laughs> I think that's something that we'll always share together. It was a big moment in both of our lives. And I actually, a few days later, got to witness my sister accept Christ as well. Wow. At the same camp. A very moving experience for two really broken kids, you know, that didn't really have much structure. Don't get me wrong. My parents were fantastic. They were great. They did everything they could for us. Uh, my grandparents were great. Don't get me wrong about that. But we did have a very broken family. So it was a very overwhelming experience to share that with my my cousin and my sister. And then after that, so that was my eighth grade summer going into ninth grade. That fire, you know, when you get saved, man, there's just that fire. Uh, you, yep. You're like, dude, what's what's next? What can I do? You, you kind of just are like everywhere. And it's like as a as a infant as a baby in your relationship with Christ is kind of like, all right, let's step back real quick and see exactly where we need to go. And crazy thing, I lived in Citronelle all my life. My mom, who I lived with, and my stepdad actually decided to pick up and move to Saraland, which I hated them for. Turns out it was a fantastic thing for me. When we moved, I had to get me a little girlfriend, you know, going into <laughs> high school. Uh, got me a girlfriend. <laughs> and she actually invited me to old uh, 2T2 Nomo, you know, uh, the old youth uh, service at uh, Redemption North. Started going uh, with her. She invited me one, uh, one Wednesday night, dude. And it was redonkulous. It was like instant, like... This is where I belong. Yeah. Everybody was so welcoming. And uh, Cliff is like throwing dodgeballs at little kids. And I was like, dude, this this is where it's at. I was like, this is this is like, this, this is the place. That fire just, it was like people were pouring gas on it from there. Uh, I got to surround myself with a community of believers that were more knowledgeable than me, that could disciple me. Um, I started serving at VBS and all the church events. I was being discipled by guys that poured into me so much that my relationship with Christ was, I felt like it was just solid, man. I thought it was just one of those, a thick chain that you just couldn't break. Like, like me and Jesus, like that's, that's my dude. Uh, I, I felt like there was nothing that could change that. Um, and after doing Literally anything I could get myself involved with, uh, with the church, I was there. I was like, dude, sign me up. And I actually signed up for a Disciple Now weekend. In that weekend, 
a speaker came on stage and talked about missions. That was the first time I'd really heard there's actually life outside of the U.S., you know. There's a need for missionaries in other countries. Uh, there's people that have never heard of who Jesus is, never never heard the story, uh, never experienced it. And for me, that was that hit me. Uh, I actually pulled Cliff out of service, man, and I was like, "Dude, I there's something there. I I, I feel like that's that's something like God's kind of really laid heavy on my heart." And turns out, like, I guess it was just meant to be. God God knew because, uh, like, a week later, I was signed up to go to Guatemala, <laughs> and. Uh, didn't know how exactly I was going to pay for this $4,000 trip. Uh, that was a few months away, uh, but God did provide, uh, and my trip was paid for. I got to go to Guatemala and serve. I got to see and really take a step back and see how lucky we actually are here, watching kids that have literally nothing, not even a roof over their head, happy and joyful really kind of makes you take a step back. I think that was one of the biggest moments of my faith, seeing kids that literally were picking up wrappers off the side of the road and licking the the excess off of them, coming wow. into a, a VBS and praising God. Yeah. Uh, I think that was, it'll really touch you. So that was that was one of the biggest moments, I would say, in high school of my faith that really solidified everything for me. And from there, man, I went to Cleveland. Uh, I served in local ministries. Man, I was I was on fire. That fire was just raging. And I was very thankful for the people I, I was surrounded with, my community, that that really continued to push me forward in that. It was it's really hard to explain how, how like the feeling of having people around you that push you to to be more like Jesus and that, that pour into you. So uh, for for about four years in high school, middle school, high school, I lived a life that was, like I said, on fire for God. I had a passion to advance his kingdom. And then kind of like the statistics show, I hit my senior year, got that senioritis, got into a relationship that wasn't necessarily the most healthy. And that's when I started to uh, really separate myself from my community, stopped going to church. You know, people would reach out and I would ignore it or I'd be like, yeah, dude, I'm good. I'm just, uh, I got this going on. I'm busy. You know, I stopped reaching out to people. I, I just started ignoring it. You know, the, the conviction was there, but I didn't want to deal with it. So I would just delete the message instead of actually talking to the to the people that cared for me most. And man, my senior year, I could just feel that fire started to kind of go out. I, I felt I was pouring buckets of water on my own fire. Um, I really felt it start to burn out there. And before I knew it, college was here. I was moving about an hour and a half up the road to, to play tennis. You know, I separated myself from the structure and community I had that were that were keeping me grounded in the word, keeping me grounded in serving, keeping me on the right path. And my first year of college, I got really down the the darkest path that I could find. I was I was there. My first year of college, away from home, you know, you you get that feeling of, dude, I'm I'm free. I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want. I'm in college. I'm an adult. And man, that was that was rough. My first year of college was 
the definition of living in the world. That's the only way to describe it. Fell into, hey man, come over and have a beer. And you know, that one beer cycled into every weekend, let's go have some beers. You know, the depression, you kind of get that conviction when you get down that path of, you know what you're doing, you know, it's wrong. But then you put it back on yourself. It kind of brush that, brush Jesus away and and put that, like, what's the point kind of mood. I fell into very dark relationships, lustful relationships. I fell into sexual sin, uh, partying, pretty much if it was there, if it was, if I could get my hands on it, I was gonna, I, I was there. If there was a party, I was there. Uh if we were going to the bar, I was there. Um, that was just, you know, my first year of college. That was, I wanted to to do my own thing, uh, and that was a a tough a tough year. Um, looking back on it, obviously very thankful for it. Uh, but when you fall into that and you continue to fall and you continue to walk that path it uh it puts a toll on you for sure and about the end of my first year of college (laughs) i had pretty much done nothing with my life which did not put me in any better mindset i'd quit tennis which was the only thing that was really kind of keeping me in a healthy mindset got out of school started online school started a job uh, working full time, you know, cause you get that money in college and it's like, dude, bump college, man. I'm gonna make this money. Luckily, crazy. Uh, I went to a graduation, uh, at my old high school and didn't know it was going to be my wife, but rolled up and looked up in the bleachers and there was this smoking hot chick. And I was like, I looked at my buddy and he was like, I got dibs. And I was like, no shot. so uh rekindled this relationship with this girl i knew in high school uh she didn't want anything to do with me in high school because i was annoying and about as class clown as it gets that was me and she was you know a genius and didn't want any part of my foolishness in high school uh luckily i grew out of that a little bit yeah, well, not much has changed, yeah. really. <laughs> still still a child, but somehow I convinced her to uh, go on a little date with me. You know, I, uh, I, I sweet-talked her. You know, she uh, turns out she liked me the whole time. I had uh, no idea, you know. Uh, she was kind of playing her cards. And I was like, dude, I got to figure out a way to win this girl. Already had her, didn't even know it, bro. <laughs> um, that was a great few months of my life when I got into the relationship with her, uh, solid girl. Um, however, we really were in a, we were both kind of in the same place. We had separated ourselves our senior year of high school, first year of college. Um, we had removed ourselves from that church community, that, that community of believers. Uh, and we were both in really dark places in our life uh, with bad relationships, uh, coming out of bad relationships, just living in sin. And uh, in that relationship, we just kept on, you know, we uh, stayed in that kind of that zone we were in, which was really unhealthy. Uh, and, you know, we we moved uh, midway through our relationship. 
I, uh, you know, made the move, proposed, bought the ring, uh, proposed, and like two weeks later, told her to pack her bags, and we moved to Nashville. Uh, big moment, uh, but moved in together in Nashville, eventually uh, got married. You know, we continued in this, you know, it was a great relationship. We love each other, uh, but it was a continuous cycle um of you know we're missing something like we we're living in this sinful life where you feel like we're having a good time and then you hit that wall and it's like dude what are we doing like what 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 is this uh and it was just a you know day after day so many struggles so many behind the scenes things uh it was just a tough a tough kind of thing to be in you didn't have a community to to fall back on. We were both, like I said, we separated ourselves from everyone. Uh, so there was really no one there to get the advice when we needed it. So it was a, it was a really tough like first year of marriage, like being in that, that position, uh, not having a cross centered marriage, you know, uh, it, it was tough. You know, we always kind of talked about it like, Hey, we should probably, you know, find our way back to church, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe just go try it out and, We'd do it, and then we'd wake up and be like, yeah, we're going to go back to sleep. You know, we kept pushing it off and pushing it off. And finally, one night, we both looked at each other and we were like, I think it's time. Uh, you know, we kind of had to get on our faces and pray. And uh, we both had that kind of conviction that, like, this, something's got to change. Um, so we decided to go to church. Uh we actually are we're back in Mobile. We moved out of, back out of Nashville, came back to Mobile. Um, and since we had left our home church from when we were kids, had launched um, and and started another church in the other part of town. So we decided to take a visit there. Uh, much smaller setting. Felt like maybe it would be a little more personal. We didn't know what to you know. We didn't know what to expect going in. Uh, we knew a lot of people that went there. Uh, we knew they had kind of seen that we had been living in the world, enjoying everything except God's presence. Uh, so we kind of were nervous about going in, what people would think. Uh, not necessarily the mindset you should have going into a church, but it was there. And, dude, I remember walking back into church for the first time in, like, over four years, probably more than four years. Mm. And our pastor who was like a worship leader, kind of student leader guy when we were in high school was the pastor of this church now. Uh, and as soon as he saw me the dude practically tackled me in the lobby of the, the church. Uh, and I looked at my wife and I was like, yeah, this is this is this was it this is what we were missing uh and dude it was just non-stop love that day uh yeah. from people we knew in the past people we had no idea who they were it was just it was just what the church is um and after not being in that community after not having community for so long and hitting that Dude, it was like no other. So we began to 
you know, kind of make our way in. Uh, went about two Sundays in a row, and I hit up old Cliff Downey, who is our student pastor at the church Trey and I go to. Hit him up, just wanted to have some lunch. Um, had lunch with him, kind of talked things through, uh, and somehow I got roped in to coming to a student Wednesday night worship service. <laughs> uh, tied my wife into it, was like, hey, this is what we're doing tonight. Uh, we went. It was really awkward, you know, because I feel like I'm still a kid. And I was like, dude, where are all the leaders? That Like, where are the adults? And then we realized, like, oh, wait, we are the, we're yeah. the adults. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after that, it, it took one Wednesday. Me and my wife were like, yeah, this is this is what we needed to be in. This is what, uh, this is what God's calling us to do. So we kind of found our community. We found our spot to serve. Uh, we served the, the students. Uh, we kind of find anywhere we can serve now, got that community back, got those guys pouring into our lives, those guys, those women, um, discipling us. Uh, we began discipling students. God has kind of delivered his purpose for both of our lives. Uh, he's placed kind of a feel for missions back on my heart, back on her heart, and and thankful for God's mercy and grace that we got that fire back. It was four to six years of just constant falling down, falling, 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 falling. There was no up. Uh, and then something simple like this and uh we we got that that flame back got that fire back and god has really showed us in this walk that it's it's about not necessarily being a massive you know forest fire it's about that slow burn about staying on fire it's a gradual climb uh and there are some you know valleys in between that but it, it's a constant up uh when you're when you're constantly um, immersing yourself in God's word and prayer and worship and community. And man, I praise God for the mountains and valleys. Uh, they've definitely pointed me back to them. And, and it's been an incredible journey for me, for my wife, the people we've involved ourselves with. I thank God for all of it. It's, it's, it's definitely been a wild ride. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that's, uh, that's kind of me. That's my story. What about you, Trey? What you got? Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that, Spence. But um, so for for as long as I can remember, from the time I was, you know, three or four years old, my story really and truly starts with one thing, and and that thing is baseball. Man, I loved the game of baseball from the very first time I could pick up a bat. I loved it with my whole heart, and honestly, it was such a big idol for me for so long. And I had to be humbled through that. But growing up, I, we we grew up in uh, pretty much forced to, to go to church every week um, with my, my family. My dad, he always, like I said, he always made us go to church with him. But I was there every week. And one thing that I can remember for all those years is some of the best naps that I ever have taken my whole life was during church. And it was like that all the way up until I was probably 13 years old. My mom would, she would bump me on the arm and uh, wake me up, you know, every 10 or 15 minutes, but they'd get so mad at me. But that was kind of my experience with church for the majority of my life. I mean, I grew up 
down here in, in South Alabama and in a very country family. I mean, my grandparents have a farm and I grew up on the farm for most summers just to, so that y'all know a little bit about how I grew up whenever I was little, my, my dad, my, both my parents were, would be at work and my dad would get my, my older cousin to come babysit us, I guess me and my two little brothers. And she would come over. She would, my dad would make her wake us up by about seven or eight in the morning and we'd get us a little bowl of cereal. And my dad told her to make us go outside and to lock the door behind us. So we were made, we were forced outside and then we we could come in for about 30 minutes during lunch. And then after that, it was right back outside and we weren't allowed to come in until dad got home. So that that's kind of a little bit of how I grew up. We were always at the farm or we were outside doing something. That's kind of the, the way that I was raised just out here. Like I said, in, in, in South Alabama is about as far South as you can go, but that's kind of a little bit of my, my early life going into my early teenage years, 12, 13, uh, 14 years old. I can remember just, I kind of had this feeling of needing to be accepted, especially I can remember really bad after middle school. So going into ninth grade, I started working out with a football team. I had never really played football, but I figured I'd try it just cause I had some friends that liked it. So Going into the ninth grade, we started lifting weights and it was like the whole football team. And I went to a really big high school. So there was like a ton of kids, and a ton of guys that were much older than me that I really, really looked up to. And like I just said, I, I really had this feeling that I needed to be accepted. And it was a, a huge, it's really a huge part of my story because I always would go to school and I, and I wanted these like older guys that were lifting like so much more weight than me were so much bigger than me. For some reason, I really had to be accepted by those guys. And it it was whatever it took for that to happen is what I would do. So I can remember going and this was the most, probably one of the most unfulfilling times of my life because I would go every day and I would try so hard to impress everybody around me. And then whenever I I, I put this front on, like everything was good and I would come home and I, I can just remember feeling so empty. And this went on for months and months and months until finally one day, this guy, he was about two years older than me and he was, um, so he was one of those guys that I looked up to. Well, he invited me to go to um, camp with him. And it's, it's whenever I think back on it, it's crazy how, how God works because had it been someone else, someone that I wasn't really looking up to at that time, I probably wouldn't have went. Like, one of the only reasons that I went is because I didn't want to say no to this guy who was, you know, three years older than me. And he was like way stronger than me in high school. So I, I know for a fact that, that God put that person in my life at that particular time. And because he's one of the only 
people that I would have said yes to in this moment. But he says, Hey man, um, do you want to come? We're going to do this little camp with my church. Do you want to come? I said, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. So we get to this camp and there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people there. And they're all high schoolers. And I remember night one going into the, uh, the worship service. And I remember looking around thinking like, these people are crazy. Like it was just, it was just really weird feeling because I'd been going to church for so long and I'd never seen this side of Christians. Like I'm, I'm like, these people are worshiping with everything they got. And like, why have I never seen that before? Like, this is crazy. And, um, so like, man, I was like, who are these people and why are they acting like that? The second night I can remember going back and it was kind of the same thing, but I had settled down a little bit and I kind of like got away from focusing on everybody and the worship band who was really, really good. I remember them singing that song tremble and when they were just singing the name of Jesus and I can remember like just singing the name of Jesus I broke down in that moment and I realized that I had to turn away from this sinful, broken uh, mess that I had been living in because it got, it got rough for a while just doing whatever these older guys that I was trying to surround myself with doing whatever they were doing. And um, just like I, like I said, trying to be accepted. Well, in this moment, I can remember turning away from this broken and and sinful life that I had been involving myself in and really had just been, I had been loving it, honestly. Um, I would love to sit here and tell you that that was the worst time of my life and I hated everything about it, but honestly, I, I loved every second of it. I mean, just that that time of living for myself um, doing whatever I wanted to do. I loved it. But in this moment, I realized that I was broken and that I needed a savior. So I surrendered my life to Jesus that night and my entire life changed in an instant. So actually after that night, I can remember climbing to the top of my the little rooms we were staying in because we got absolutely no phone service at camp and we never did every year after that either so i climbed to the very top of the room that we were staying at just so i could get some service and i called my mom and she didn't answer and i called my dad and he didn't answer aunts uncles nobody would answer the phone until this one person picked it picked up finally i was just going down the list and finally somebody picked up somebody who i had really really burned a bridge with and did not want to hear from me at all um they picked up the phone and i told them i said i just gave my life to jesus and they were super supportive but the point is i whenever that happened, I just had to get it out. And there's so many times, so many stories in the Bible where we see that 
somebody meets Jesus and immediately they go and tell somebody like they leave from there and they go and tell everybody they know. And I feel like that's really cool because that actually happened in my life. Um, so after that experience, I can remember coming back to school and my view on how I viewed people, the way that I saw people completely did a 180. Um, I went from being the guy that had to be accepted to being the guy that wanted everyone else to feel accepted. And I can really remember that changing for me. And it was like a complete 180. Um, but coming back into school, not long after I was back, I finally, I met, I met Cliff Downey and I came to the church that I go to now, but he was just a huge mentor for my life. And one of the only reasons that I have taken those steps in spiritual maturity, um, because if it wasn't for him, man, I, I'm not, I, I think I would have sat in this place of like a spiritual infant for a very long time. Um, but just having him walk, walk life alongside of me and, and showing me what it looks like to live out this gospel that just changed my life. Um, it was huge. And now I got to see everybody that I went to school with and everybody that I ate lunch with and just everybody that surrounded me on a day-to-day -day life, I got to see him as an opportunity for the gospel. And I got to see him as an opportunity to um, live for Christ instead of just turning from that time and living for myself. So heading into, well, I actually for the next like two and a half years-ish, um, I, man, I lived... It, I mean, I lived it out. I was on fire daily. It was like every day was a new mission. And that was one of the most fulfilling times of my life. But I can remember coming up on my senior year. I had, for the past two years, I had really been building this body and this community uh, of believers around me. Um, and my senior year comes around and... I, well, I hurt myself. I couldn't play baseball anymore. And it was like, I felt like my life was over because little did I know I was still idolizing baseball so much. Even though I thought I was living for the Lord, I was still, I had to be humbled in that. So, so after my arm got hurt and I couldn't play baseball anymore, I just fell into this place where I was, I was broken and I didn't know where to go and I didn't know what to do. So as time went on, I started to, instead of embracing that community that I had built, I started to walk away from it little by little. And the more I walked away from this community of guys that I surrounded myself with who loved the Lord, the more I walked away from them, it was like the more I walked away from God after that. And then I found this place where I was isolated from everybody, from God, I tried to push everything out. And the only thing left to turn to was back to sin, really. So 
that's exactly what I did is I went straight back to what I had turned away from years prior. And it was like, that was the lifestyle that I wanted to live at that moment. And that was the lifestyle that I did live. So I just, I was at this place where I was just, I was broken, man. And I, and I lived in that for probably a year. And I can remember like now the difference was that now after surrendering my life to Christ and turning to sin, it was like after every time, like my friends would go out and I would, and I would go out with them and we, you know, we were drinking or whatever we were doing. It was like every single night I would come home and I would just feel this guilt on my heart and this guilt would just start to eat me up from the inside out and there was nothing I could do about it but I was still going to church with my family and I would go to church and I would see the guys that I surrounded myself with for so long that loved the Lord and I had walked away from and then the next day I was out drinking with this new group that I had And every night I would come home and I would be like, man, I would just, like I said, this guilt would just start to eat me up. And finally, I I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't keep being ate up from the inside by this guilt that was just overtaking my life. I couldn't live this double life anymore. So finally, one night, I was in my bedroom and I had to I had to get on my knees and I said, Jesus, you have to take back control of my life because I cannot keep living for myself and I cannot keep living in this sin any any longer. And now I one one word that I love so much that I can never let escape my mind is joy. I can remember from actually the time that I surrendered my life, the joy that came after that was is just something that is is indescribable. I, I can't describe it. I can't comprehend it. But man. Paul said it best is he said he said to live is Christ and to die is gain and he was I mean he was literally like in jail when he wrote that like this guy there was nothing you could do this guy that was gonna kill his joy and that is just something that I feel like has been a huge turning point in my life because in no way shape or form is that what my life was like before Christ and that joy that I get from spending time with God now in relationship is just it's something that's indescribable and I can't like I said I can't comprehend it um I get I get to spend time with God in prayer And, um, you know, I get all these opportunities now to serve that, I mean, 
I just, man, I love to, it's like serving has a whole new meaning behind it now that I'm serving not only the people around me, but I'm serving Christ while I'm doing it. And man, all these things are just things that I never could even have pictured or imagined before I met Christ. Man, it's always a blessing to hear not just a friend story, but a brother, brother in Christ. Uh, it's always a blessing to to hear hear a testimony like that, especially when you get to kind of live it out with that person. You know, me and Trey, you can kind of see our stories are very different at the beginning, and then, you know, at that turning point, they kind of all hit the same. Uh, if you if you kind of dig deep into it, our stories are really very similar. Um, once we we kind of hit hit our faces and and prayed to God, we, we've kind of found what what that true joy in in having God is together. And man, it's been a blessing. Really, I what's crazy is I haven't known Trey, but for a couple months, man, probably mm-hmm. like maybe like four months, five yeah. months. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's not been very long. You heard us talk about Cliff Downey earlier, but one day he told me, hey, uh, this guy's going to jump in with you. You know, we we I had been uh, doing some grow group discipleship with uh, 11th and 12th grade guys, and Trey was back in town from working, and he wanted, wanted to jump in with some students. That, that's Trey's passion. He was jumping in with me. I had no idea who this guy was. I was like, Cliff, bro, you're gonna you're gonna leave me and give me a dude I don't even know. And man, what a blessing it was. God really knew what he was doing in that time. Yeah, amen to that. And I don't know, Spence, what do you think? We hung out. We maybe we met that one time and then we kind of like a a shake of the hand and then the, it, it was kind of nothing after that, yeah. and then I don't know, man. It was like an instant, like, yeah, I think this dude's gonna be my bro. Yeah, <laughs> we literally talked at church once or twice, and then it was like we had known each other for ten years. Yeah. So, yeah, God definitely knew where um, he was. He was taking us and leading us on that one because uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't know where I would be right now if it wasn't for old Spency bitch over there. Yeah. Same man. Uh, I think we we were really in some difficult times, both of us in our lives. Um, you know, we had just kind of found our community again uh, together. Uh, we had kind of got back into, um, you know, we we kind of experienced that that same like God, what like you got me. Like, let, let's do this thing. Uh, I think we were both kind of in that that time of our lives when we met each other. And when you hit that stage of your life, it's kind of like, all right, I can't do this by myself. So, yeah, man, Cliff throwing a old tray my way was a uh, was a game changer for my walk. And man, it it was 
it was so different to have somebody that was I'm a couple years older than Trey, but man, we we are kind of in that same stage of life at the same time we're not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're so we're in such different stages, but at the same time like uh we are in the same stage, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, no, yeah, faith. I get it. Like it's 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 a weird uh it's a weird weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, so Spen- Spencer, you're actually how old are you? 24. So I'm 24. And I'm 20. Yeah. So Spencer's actually like a grandfather yeah. to me. So I mean, Andy's married. I'm not married. <laughs> <laughs> so, but at the same time, we're still like, we just got super close, and we became like super good friends, and we both feel like we're in the same place in life, and also not the same place <laughs> in life. So it's it's really this weird dynamic. But man, I couldn't be no, more thankful. Same, man. Uh, I know that uh, – I hope that's encouragement really to everybody, man. It, it may not be that, that guy that's in your, in your class, you know. Uh, it may be that guy that's four years older than you. And, man, Trey teaches me just as much, you know. Uh, he may be four years younger than me, but that joker has got some knowledge. I don't know about all that, man. Come on. <laughs> that man's got some knowledge, and I know I can, uh, I know I can fall on him if uh, – you know, when things get tough, uh, he's my accountability partner, uh, which you you need in this walk. Uh, I, I learned that if you don't have that, you're going to slip, you're going to fall, and you're going to stay there. So it's it's a solid relationship, and uh, we're pumped to be doing this podcast together. I think uh, the relationship we have is going to make this a solid podcast mm, to listen yeah, to, man. Absolutely. We're, uh, we both – we, we – you know, we live life together and we're growing together. We're learning together. We're, we're in, in the word together. We're teaching somewhat teaching <laughs> 11th and 12th grade, uh, high school boys. We're doing our uh, best. Yeah, we do what we can. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's kind of where we at are at in our, uh, relationship together. Those are our stories. I, again, I think it's crazy how they tie in together. And then when they tie in together, we actually met and yeah. it just kind of all, it, it's like a big puzzle that we kind of finished off uh, by meeting each other. Uh, praise God, man. That's, it's such a, a testimony. Yeah, man, it's just a, a added part to my story. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that. We really want to, uh, to finish this podcast off today. Uh, we want to talk about our vision for the future. Uh, what we feel God is, is calling us with this platform, with this podcast. We don't obviously know what the future looks like. Man, tomorrow God may say, hey, throw all that junk out and do this. And uh, we want to be obedient to that if that does happen. But if this is uh, really what God has in plan for us, uh, this is kind of just our, our vision of what we'd like to what we'd like to see out of this podcast. Like I said, it, God's plan may be different. This is just a little vision that we have. Uh, so we'll let Trey take over and kind of kind of touch on a few points. Uh, yeah, so I think we really we really just want to reach as many people from from all walks of life that we can in order to to advance the kingdom of God. We're going to give people the opportunity to that they really get to dive deep into God's word and we're going to dissect it and all that kind of stuff. We're going to focus on the the context, characters, timeline, all that sort of stuff. And we want to give 
our listeners uh, a platform that they can they can reach out and to us and they can speak on topic topics and um, they may not feel comfortable about talking to anybody else or speaking to anybody else anywhere else. We're just not exactly sure what what the future looks like and what exactly it's going to hold for this podcast. Um, all we know is we really just want to be obedient and we really want to see where God takes us. Yeah, man, I'm very excited just to learn more. Man, me and Trey have really been digging deep. This podcast really has grown us uh, spiritually. We've been so deep into prayer about, you know, what exactly God wants out of this, what God wants out of us. Uh, been studying God's word like crazy, man. I mean, we spent hours the other night just going through sermons and notes and and reading scripture. Uh, and man, we just want to be a sent people, people on a mission. Um, that's kind of what we hear every Sunday at our church. Uh, we don't dismiss. We are a sent people. Uh, and that's just something me and Trey really want to live out. Uh, we feel a calling to live that out. And, and kind of something me and Trey have been talking about is kind of the uh, kind of the mission of of what what we want this to be uh, and what we feel God wants us to be. But Sunday we went over some scripture and our pastor really pointed something out that kind of hit home for this podcast. Uh, and I kind of want to read the scripture and, and explain that. But we're we're reading out of First Corinthians three eleven through fifteen, and that says. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer a loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Um, and really something our pastor kind of pointed out in that is uh, the building materials in that passage, um, the wood, the hay, the stubble, the gold, silver, and precious stones. Um, really, the the thing there is the the wood, hay, and stubble, is destroyed in the fire. Um, they're great building materials, but in the end, they don't matter. Um, and for us, that's what this podcast is, man. The podcast is the wood, hay, and stubble. In the end, this podcast doesn't mean anything. Um, it's a platform, and we hope to preach God's word on it. Um, but the podcast itself is is nothing. Hmm. Um the only thing in the end that matters is man's souls and God's word. Um, and, and that's our biggest thing is that this podcast doesn't matter, but using this podcast for God's glory and reflecting the light of Jesus and everything we do on this podcast, that's building with the gold, silver, and precious stones. Um, we want to take something temporary and use it to invest in the souls of men and women by using God's word. And, and that's, that's something that really hit us this week. Uh, man, let me give a quick shout to old T-Money. Man, Taylor Anderson brought God's word on Sunday, man, and that was such a convicting uh, 
part of scripture that I think me and Trey both needed to hear. And, and we knew as soon as we heard it that like, man, that's, that's it. That's, yeah. that's why we're doing this, man. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not about the podcast, man. This is about the souls of men and women. This is about preaching God's word. This is about diving deep, um, into, into scripture. And, and that's what we want to be about again tomorrow. God may come in and just smoke me and Trey and be like, yo, throw it out. Let's do something else. But right now we feel like this is, this is where we're at. This is where God wants us to be. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I think this is going to be something solid, not just for us, but, but for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I always had, a, I had a friend who always used to ask me whenever I was, I was younger, he would say, what are you doing today that actually matters for eternity? And I mean, think about that. Like you just said, the only two things that are going to last is God's word and God, the people of God. And those are the only two things that's going to last. So are, what am I doing if I'm not investing in one of those two things? You know what I mean? And so if I'm not in the word of God or investing in the lives of the people of God, then what the heck am I actually really doing? Like I'm not really doing anything that's important or anything that matters. So I think, I think you hit it right, man. This, that's exactly what this podcast is going to be for. And man, I'm, I'm excited and I'm pumped. I can't wait to see where this thing goes. Same man. Let's keep buttering them biscuits, bro. (laughs) Butter them biscuits. We hope you guys tune in next week. We're going to start our first topic episode. The word we decided to go with for our first topic episode is worship. Something we kind of want to get out of that is uh, kind of explaining what worship is, how we worship, and what God's word really says about worship. We want to dive deep and really get to the bottom of this word that we hear thrown around in church. Um And Trey and I have really dug deep into really figuring out the true meaning of what what it means to worship God. So we hope you guys tune in and listen. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the I Am Unqualified podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to our page and turn on your notifications so that you will be notified when we upload a new episode. Um, Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at I Am Unqualified Podcast. Email any questions, comments, or concerns you guys have. Our email is info at I Am Unqualified Podcast.com.